0: if you never lie you never have to remember anything and for me that was so powerful i told the truth to everyone didn't have to remember who i told one thing to or another thing to because i just don't lie i I actually can't keep track like i do not have the mental capacity to like keep track of who i'm telling what so Mm -hmm. (laughs) i think that's helped me be who i am because I'm not going to apologize for it, and I'm not going to pretend.
1: Welcome everybody to episode 34 of the Paul and Pals podcast. I'm your host, Pony Boy Paul, and and Pals, a podcast where I interview my creative pals who are creating the life that they want to live. The goal of this podcast is to learn the how and why behind their creativity in order to inspire you, but really myself, on how to best create the life that you want to live. And in this episode, I have a creative conversation with my pal, Rosanna Connolly. She is the founder of Morena Communications, which is a company dedicated to delivering bespoke PR campaigns. And I'll be honest with you guys, I actually just looked up what bespoke meant um, about a minute ago. And it's actually another word for custom made. And this episode, Rosanna actually takes us through the creative process behind how she basically creates the bespoke campaigns for each of the musical artists she works with. And she also takes us back in the past on what it was like to work with Ludacris and NEO when she barely knew what PR was. And she shares a secret, uh, which isn't really a secret, on why she thinks press isn't the thing that's going to grow your listenership. Also after and only after you've listened to the full interview. Head over to the Paul and Pals newsletter to read a breakdown of something that stood out to me from this episode, in addition to another resource on how to best create the life that you want to live. And without any further ado, let's get creative. Um, But I do want to welcome you to the show. Um, You're actually the second person that I've interviewed from um, London second ever person from london but you have a more like actual london accent so i'm gonna do my best during the interview to not you know replicate it because like i feel like when i talk to somebody like that it just it's so easy to you know but i'll do my <laughs> Wait, you, you're impressed right that's a that's a face of impressive
0: uh, okay was like i was
1: about to say i didn't know if it was
0: yeah i just but, you know, just don't try to
1: replicate <laughs> it because I don't know if I could handle it. <laughs> okay, I'll, 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 be, I'll be tame. I'll be tame. But no, <laughs> uh, I really appreciate you coming on. I always kind of start with a little background of how we met. And, you know, you're actually representing one of my really close friends and also a very uh, amazing artist, Tom Tide. And I remember we were talking because, you know, he's mentioned you to me because he was telling me how he's doing his marketing now. And I was kind of like, oh, like, what did she do? Like, how does she do that? And he's, he gave me a little bit of insight. And I was just very curious because I personally like content creators because people that are able to just, I don't know how to express it, but like take something and then market it in a certain way. I think that's a skill that I want to have, you know, so I wanted to kind of learn mm-hmm. more and really I wanted to kind of like steal all of your tips and then implement it for my own. But, you know, we can, we can get into that as well, but I wanted to, uh, yeah, definitely. welcome you, and my first question is, uh, I saw one of your recent IG posts, and I, I noticed it because when we were talking back and forth in that email, you wanted to send me a picture, and you had mentioned you recently uh, cut your hair, and one thing yes. that stood out to me about yeah. that, it was a funny reel, by the way, so if anybody's listening, definitely go watch the YouTube Thank video you. of this, <laughs> uh, but one thing that stood out to me in the, in, the, in the caption was, you mentioned before this, I had to, I didn't have the choice in cutting my hair. And this is the first time that I had mm-hmm. the ability to do it on my own. And I would love to know the kind of reasoning for that, the insight and history behind that.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's pretty deep. You've gone very deep, very like, like straight <laughs> out the That's the
1: best there. way, you know.
0: <laughs> yeah. So it's it's not something that I, it's something that i would hidden for quite many years because I felt kind of shame around it. But I've had cancer twice and I lost my hair twice. And it's something that I really tried to put behind me and I think just push and strive and keep going and achieve like no one else around me was achieving and, you know, be the first at something or be, you know, the youngest at something or get these awards and stuff like that. And um, it's something that has driven me, but something that's probably also taken away some autonomy as well, or it has take it took away a lot of autonomy mm-hmm. in my life, which which kind of threw me the other way as to like oh I'm gonna just you know do everything straight away um but one of the biggest things was yeah not having the control about how I looked or you know kind of any control over my body at that time and I've recently shaved all my hair off and I've been fortunate enough to donate it as well to a charity that gave me a Mm -hmm. wig when I needed one um so it's, it's come full circle and I yeah I love how I look with a shaved head um I feel like the most mm. me with it at the moment, anyway. Um, so yeah, it's, it's obviously I'm not. I prefer not to kind of go into yeah. the ins and outs of everything that happened. It's you know, it's been a big part of my life, but it's not mm. who I am. It doesn't define me yeah. at all. Um, and me shaving my hair was a choice that I made that I felt comfortable with because I wanted mm-hmm. to do it and not because of any other gotcha.
1: reason. So, no. yeah. No, I love why. that. And I know we kind of got too deep, but the reason that stood out to me was because uh, I could tell, I had an idea of what happened, right? Just based on the, how you phrased the caption. But I think what stood out to me was how you kind of presented it. It wasn't like the video itself was kind of funny, cheery, but you know, kind of like, you know, when somebody presents something that it's kind of in a way you feel okay watching it. But then when you realize like, oh, wow, like they were brave enough to put that out there. Um, So I really, I -hmm. I really, you know, I like that it stood out to me. And I wanted to know, um, you you know, you're currently in PR, right? Have you always thought about the best way to market things? Has that always kind of been a part of your your character? That's
0: a really good question. I think I've always loved the art of storytelling and so I guess PR is like the perfect medium for this or you know it's one of the best mediums for it because I've always been intrigued by people's stories where they've come from. I used to sit for hours and listen to my South African grandma talk about her like upbringing and go through photos and all that and I would I would literally do the same thing every time I saw her and listen to the stories over and over again because I couldn't get enough. And um, I think I've always had this curiosity um, and I learned probably from a very young age what a good story looks Mm. like and picked out different parts. And, you know, when you're repeating someone's story or saying something that you know what works with crowds and, you know, what jokes fall flat and all of that stuff. So um, I think it's come... I think I have a probably a talent for it, which I didn't realize that not everyone mm-hmm. does. Um, but it's cu- come from a curiosity, really, of of listening to loads of different people and, I guess, knowing my own story as well.
1: And you you prefaced uh, your grandmother with South African. Uh, what, uh, I guess, what about that kind of sticks out the most to you?
0: Uh, well, my grandma was South African Indian. Mm. So she was like transplanted into this country that she was in like two cultures so she was in the South African culture and she used to sing the South African anthem like you know every time I saw her like Lele Africa like that was yeah. her thing she loved South Africa she loved you know her upbringing there but it was um, also quite hard to listen to some stuff my grandma was a seamstress and she would tell me One of the reasons she became a seamstress was because she wasn't allowed to try on clothes that touched her skin because of the color of her skin Mm. and so during that time during the apartheid she was allowed to try on shoes and coats and then what she used to do was look in shop windows go home make the clothes and she was a seamstress and she sold clothes made clothes for people she made a wedding dress um and you know those stories were really interesting and then you know, my grandma would have these gorgeous saris as well and this whole Indian side and the Indian jewellery and, like, you know, the nose piercings. And she would tell me about how her mum got married at the age of 13 or her grandma. It was, like, you know, really young kind of traditions in, in this sense as well. And um, she was one of 10 or 11, I think, children. And she spoke Tamil, but she spoke also Zulu. Uh-huh. And it was like a, a an amazing mix, and I I loved her so much. She was a really important figure mm-hmm. in my life, um, and she had a big influence on kind of who I am yeah. today. As yeah, well. I kind of got
1: the vibe because I know you're um, you, you're kind of building your own brand and your own things, and it seemed like. I'm guessing now you can confirm after I say this but it seemed like your your fashion brand morena did that come a little bit from your grandmother or where was inspiration okay. oh yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah you're hundred percent on the money so yeah my grandma passed away last year in April mm. um, and it was it was really tough that you know she wasn't she's not here anymore and um, you know it was, it was kind of a time of loss but also in the months like after that it just felt like a time of honor um and i i don't really know how to explain it but like even the week after she died and i i got some leave some bereavement leave i made a coat and i made a coat that she would be proud of and then i just kept having these thoughts about you know I've always I've always loved making clothes and my, my grandma used to like literally inspect all of my clothing, <laughs> look at the hems, look at the hand sewing. Yeah. She would, yeah, she loved it. We used to talk about it for hours as well. And this Morena thing kept building in my mind and I didn't have the name for it at the time, but I knew I wanted to make a brand that um, empowered women of color. Um, 80% of garment workers are women, majority are women of color. Mm. Um, and I was really, you know, inspired by my grandma's stories of of how she came to sew as well. So everything about Morena is based on my grandma's characteristics. Um, it's regal. Uh, we walk in peace. We're loving. We're mm-hmm. kind. We're rooted and grounded in what we believe, um, but we're ready to learn at the same time. And these are. This is. I feel so close to her when I am working yeah. on this. And and. Yeah, it's something that I know she'd be really proud and of. That's as beautiful.
1: Well. And how did you actually come about the name Marina? Because when I think of Marina, I think of you know brown skin or brown hair. But what what's that um, for you?
0: Yeah, no, that's oh, exactly nice. it. It's it's I it's, it means brunette or it means brown skin girl in some languages as well. Um, and for me, as a person of color, as a woman of color um sometimes there's kind of factions or sections within you know your women of color Mm. group and morena is is kind of a word that doesn't separate you from i'm very light-skinned and you know i i'm a mix of cultures but then you know my best friend is jamaican and we're both Mm. morena and she's working she works on me with the brand as well her name's chelsea um and it's something that It was a word that united us even though she's like my sister anyway um i feel sometimes there can be separation within the fact you know the these factions of women of color and i've never really fit into one because i have no clue about any kind of asian heritage i have more of an idea of african heritage my granddad was was born in guyana as well and came from like that caribbean side but um I never felt like I belonged to any groups within this women of color group. So Morena was a word that united for me. It it meant a more of a unity. Mm-hmm.
1: And is that something, because obviously I assume you've been close with your grandmother and you're understanding your culture growing up. Was that, how did that manifest when you were younger, when you were like, you didn't feel you were maybe part of a certain group of, or a faction of women. How did that uh, kind of manifest in your childhood?
0: Yeah, it was interesting. Like, I grew up in, it was quite a white area, I guess, but then it was super diverse in other ways. Are you from London um, like
1: originally? I, okay.
0: Yeah, South I London. Yeah. So grew up in Morden um, until the age of six. And Morden is like the end of the Northern line. So it's, it's oh, like okay. South, it's very <laughs> <Okay>. South.
1: <laughs> Got you.
0: Um, and, you know, there's, there's, honestly, it's so diverse in Morden. Uh but I'd say the people that I was surrounded more by more were white people. I'm half white. My dad's white, Irish, Liverpudlian. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think when we moved to Wallington, which is just next to Croydon, again, the oh, deep okay. south. <laughs> um, but it's greater London, but it's still, it's still South London. Um, it was really interesting because I think Wallington was quite white at the time, but Croydon was very... It was very diverse in terms of like the Asian and the Black mm. community. Um, and so, again, I had like, you know, a good mix or more of exposure to it. But I think I I can probably count on one hand the number of mixed people that I met mm. at growing up. Um, and that was a big difference, I think, not having... Um, not being able to relate, apart from my brothers, <laughs> um, not being able to relate to many, many other mixed people. Um, but now, you know, I, there's so many yeah. more around and a, a lot of, a lot more mixing going on. But um, at the time, it was odd to have like two parents that were a different colour. Um, and I wanted to be blonde and called Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I wanted to be Rebecca like that's funny. (laughs)
1: I uh, I relate to that a little bit because uh, so I I, I'm from Nigeria, so I came to the states, and ever since I was kind of growing up in school, I was always in majority black areas, like black schools, had a lot of black friends, and it wasn't Mm -hmm. till and so that was a norm for me, right? And it wasn't till we I moved high schools, tenth grade, that it was my first time being in like places that weren't majority black. And I, I didn't think about the effect that had on me growing up, because when I went to college, it was a majority white college, right? But I think my experience right. going up, growing up in that majority black till probably was 10th grade, maybe 15, 16, I don't know. Um, and then going to a place that's very okay. different, uh, had a lot of Middle Eastern friends, I got to learn a lot about, um you know, them and their culture. I felt like it kind of prepared yeah. me for when I got to um, college, because I wasn't you didn't feel weird in being in different spaces. Right. And I think that's something mm-hmm. that I'm like, Oh, wow. Like I, I wonder what my life would have been like if I only grew up in one majority um, place and you didn't really get to understand, but I feel like it helps you because now it's I can talk true. to this person. I can talk to, I don't feel uncomfortable. It's still kind of weird being in the minority all the time, but you don't feel too uncomfortable. Yeah. Right? And uh, I wanted to know, did that, do you think that has an impact on how you um, I guess market? Because when I think of marketing, you're just taking an idea and making it so that the average person can consume that. Do you ever think about how you mm-hmm. have that ability?
0: Yeah, I've always called myself, like, well, not always, but a kind of when I thought about it, yeah. years, <laughs> I guess, I've called myself a culture chameleon mm. because I've always, for as long as I can remember, had the ability to fit in and i say that in inverted quotes because i've never really felt like i've belonged um but i've always been able to fit in with different types of people different cultures different you know everything i've always been able to get on with people and along with people and i think my mixed heritage my mix of cultures has completely contributed to that um getting on with different personalities as well i live well I lived in a household that had quite that was very opinionated maybe or you know and you like I guess standing your ground but also being respectful and kind of listening to other people um and I think I, th- I think that's really helped actually and uh, that relatability factor I can always I think I'm a real empath mm. as well. <laughs> um so like if you start crying <laughs> I will
1: cry. <laughs> I'll test that soon. That's <laughs> just <how it> goes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um and I think just relating to people on that level has probably helped me a lot and um I I guess obviously PR is my job but I don't think any job should be transactional or I think I feel like it has turned transactional in many ways but I feel like the first job our first job as like nice people or just humans is to have like a human to human connection are you okay and you know genuinely want to know if someone's okay genuinely want to know about someone's life and I think that interest in the stories um, has probably helped as well helped with um, with the PR side because it means that you build good relationships with people that you know want to open your emails should you have something for them to share or you know any anything that you are working on um and I I think a lack of connection is is really Mm. sad
1: (laughs) that's true and uh, I definitely think you are one of those people that initially just I guess you were initially who you are when you first come in contact and what I mean by that is I remember when um you know, uh Tom Tide had made that first uh group chat with us. It felt okay to just be like sending emojis and smiley faces and hearts because that's how you oh, are. Yeah. And I pers- I'm i a big emoji person. You know, if I'm texting somebody and they right. don't see that I have emojis, they might be like, what's wrong? Like, are you okay? And okay. I noticed when you send that initially, I'm like, okay, she's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just knew that I could regularly, <laughs> I didn't have to, because you know how you feel weird when you're texting emojis, but then that person isn't, you're like, damn, like, like should i chill like do i gotta chill like (laughs) let me reduce the amount of exclamation marks and now you're both just talking dry but no i definitely (laughs) i definitely uh i I would agree that you are an empath But, but you mentioned something you said um you feel like pr is now or maybe your job is kind of being more transactional now what do you mean by that
0: well i think the pandemic hasn't helped um you know, you used to be able to see people at gigs, or, you know, go for breakfast or lunches and just chat, just have some like personal connection. And, you know, talk about obviously work, but you would talk about life and, you know, what's going on in general. And honestly, some of my my closest friends are journalists. And it's really weird to say that. But um, it's people that you meet through work. And these are people that I work with, and I need them to, you know, help me do my job. But at the same time, I have a really big appreciation for them. I really care about them. They are my friends. I will check in with them because I guess it's part and parcel of the journey. Um yeah. Yeah.
1: No, I, don't I think I, I kinda get what you're getting at. And uh I relate to that too because I remember when I was first getting into the podcasting, right? Uh one thing about an interview format show is you are completely dependent on the guest. Right. And for me, yeah. you know, I remember when I was first first starting I already had kind of a list of people I wanted to interview and then I had aspirations for certain people and I remember initially just like reaching out reaching out like yo please like come on the show like do this like I, I you know when are you free mm-hmm, doing that mm-hmm. and I remember when somebody kind of they didn't really want to be on the show and they kind of like let that be known in a way and um mm-hmm. to me I, initially I was kind of like man like why not like this could be dope. Like I, I can do. I'm good at this. I can do this, right? And you uh, are good at. <laughs> see, I, I said that, so I want, I wanted to see if you would agree and like make, kind of repeat it. But uh, you gotta. I <laughs> know. No, no, I do agree. I was like the research. Yeah. Wow. It... You know the. I'm, yeah, like, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm getting better. Okay. It makes it fun. Um, but I guess what I'm getting at <laughs> is, I initially took it as like, damn, like they don't want to be on the show. Like, why? And I think I was looking at a purely transactional. I was kind of like, oh, this person has a cool story or they have this many followers or this much engagement. Mm-hmm. You know, I know mm-hmm. if I um, do that, then there's a chance that, you know what I'm saying? But I had yes. to step back and be like, man, I have to genuinely want to talk to you. And I have to see if you're interested, because even if I am genuinely interested in you, but you're like, ah, no, I not only really want to or I'm kind of busy. I have to respect that and not be willing to because. Mm-hmm. Then that way I'm not forcing it. I never want to force an interview because it's not gonna go smooth. It's not you. Can, you can hear when something's fake. You know what I'm saying?
0: You can tell hey, when it's not so, authentic. A yeah. hundred. And I, I, I will
1: say that I think the um the pandemic has kind of contributed to that because when I meet people in person, like it's purely just to talk, right? But sometimes when you send an email or a DM, hey yeah you you, you, you know like, hey (laughs) how's your day uh you know so no i i I definitely agree and i know we're in different lines of work or whatever but um when i also want to ask you prior to this pr because you know pr is not you that's just something you do what other i'm curious to know what other jobs or career paths did you maybe initially pursue or or wanted to do oh (laughs) we got a story coming (laughs)
0: i've done pr for like almost 10 10 years years. it was my first job how old are you (laughs) 10 years? I'm 28.
1: Wow. So like right out (laughs) of high school then, right?
0: Yeah, out of college. So I went to, I I was, I was, I studied at a really cool school, which is the Brit school. School. Um, And it's quite well known in the UK as like, you know, the school that Adele Mm. went to and Navy Winehouse and stuff like that. It's a music school or it's a school for the arts basically. And I studied music there, but they, they do theater, they do. Uh, media, they do art, there's like different strands. But I studied pure music um, there, which involved like performing production, history of music, like kind of everything. it was the equivalent of three A levels in music. And I don't know what that is in terms of the American okay. equivalent. But um, it was pure music. And then my dream was to be a singer from a young age, but I had gotten sick at, at the age of 16 and that dream changed a little bit based on what I felt my capabilities were and I guess some fears that I had um, and a lack of confidence. So then I wanted to be a songwriter and um, I still write, I still write songs, I still play, I write poems, um, but I, I really needed money. <laughs> <laughs> I needed a job, so yeah. I, um, I got this, I, I applied and I got an internship at Mercury Records which was a huge deal to get this as my first job um at the age of 19 and i worked on like watch the throne i assisted on i wasn't running them but like watch the throne like rihanna um justin bieber like frank ocean's channel orange like all of this stuff i was able to be like you know a part of this journey and it was so cool and the first artist that i did pr for was Ludacris, and i was like oh my gosh like this is insane what? like i love Ludacris! like yeah it was it was just mad and i met him and i met neo and i said like, oh my gosh neo is the best songwriter in the world yeah. you know at the time this was no funny years. story um, I, wanna, I, was I don't
1: want to i literally just met neo like a couple of weeks ago randomly oh, no. like he <laughs> randomly i went to this like labor day no club way. lounge and he was there and I remember telling our waitress at our table I was like, yo, can you can you go tell him that like people think I look like him? And she went over there <laughs> and he turns around and we just acknowledge each other and like bow and I'm like, Wow, that was a very like I feel like my life is leading up to this moment, but I didn't you can continue the story, sorry, that just that just triggered me.
0: No, he was a cool guy like he was great you know I did promo like I was on promo days with him and I got to assist on his projects and I went to the studio with him it was wow. so cool and I was like 19 I was like this is the best yeah. thing ever um and I stuck at it <laughs>
1: Just no stayed. that's amazing I feel like you you rarely hear um, stories of people yeah. getting into what they want to do like right when they want to do it right so that that's
0: I had no idea what PR was. I just okay. needed money. <laughs> Let me be clear. I did not care what job okay. I was doing. I wanted to I was trying money. to
1: beautify the story. <laughs> so, yeah. like... <laughs> yeah. so when they initially put you in that role though, what and you didn't have any experience, what, I guess, what were you doing and how did you know how to like do it? Did you just have to learn on the job?
0: I had some great people that were very kind to me, very patient with me and I've always been very conscientious, a very hard worker. Um, and I think they saw this straight away because I remember my manager at the time saying, You're the best intern we've ever had. And it was like two weeks in, and I was like, Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, like her name was Lauren and she has her own PR company called Hailstorm PR. Um, and she does Fallout Boy and like, you know, huge bands actually still. Um and um, another guy called Ash Collins, and he did all of, like, the cool Def Jam stuff and Watch the Throne and, you know, Frank Ocean and everyone like that. And he um, he took me under his wing, like, pretty much immediately as well. And then my friend, like, my dear, dear friend, Kat, Kat Marker, um and we're still like we were still messaging today we have pet names for each other which I won't embarrass <laughs> myself with
1: now you gotta say it you gotta say it
0: so, <laughs> we had okay so we had um, hot
1: stuff that's stepper. you <laughs> <laughs> no this oh, okay. is cat. this is okay. the hot
0: stepper we're both shushes <laughs> we call each other's shushes and I'm Freak teaching. okay alright <laughs> These are the names over the... I've known That's her 10 you. years. So we, you know, we've had... She, honestly, she was the one that I feel has honestly changed my life in so many ways. Like, not only was she a great friend, but she was a great teacher as well. And I learned so much from her. And, you know, she doesn't even remember this. I brought this up the other day. But, um, she, like, whenever I'd be writing press releases, she would literally, like go through it and put in red stuff that's wrong stuff that needs changing like yeah. red and then I'd sit next to her and we'd go through it together mm-hmm. and I learned so much from that process and she took the time to do that um she was she is so kind um yeah so generous and she taught me you know because of my energy levels at the time I couldn't be out every night at that point I I'd, I'd just like I relapsed at the age of 20 Mm. um, and so when I came back to work I didn't I couldn't go out every night I I wasn't even allowed to get the tube after being unwell um, and having a transplant and it, it takes a long time to get over it but she taught me you didn't have to do what everyone else was doing to still be successful I didn't have to be out every night and partying and meeting people or drinking or whatever it was I could be myself and still be successful and, and like carve a new path. And I and I think that's one of the most important life lessons that I have learned and that's from mm-hmm. her.
1: Wow. That's that's really good. Uh, no, yeah. I, I love that. <laughs> I, I can just see the love that uh you have for her and, and how she's impacted your life and I just love to see that. So I really hope she uh she tunes and listens. And
0: um Oh yeah, she will. She'll be like the <laughs> first to listen and
1: cry. Oh. <laughs> she will <won't> cry. Oh. <laughs> she might Hot, cry. <laughs> um but <laughs> i i really love the uh the advice she gave you and this is something i usually ask maybe towards the end but i think it, it's kind of fitting now and we can get into more of why um you know you've already kind of mentioned the a big emotional maybe traumatic thing you went through in life right and you know one thing that stood out to me was your friend's advice of like you you being who you are and still be able to accomplish things other people do is probably the key, maybe the the key state of mind I feel everybody's trying to achieve. You know, being who you are, mm-hmm. but still being able to live the life you want to live. Uh, so I'd like to, you know, based on your current life experiences so far, what is a word of advice you would give to somebody that wants to know, how do I create the life that I want to live?
0: There's a quote that I read when I was probably in my early teens that I have pretty much lived by since since coming across it. And I, I don't know who it's attributed to. I think I just saw it on like some social media, um, probably on yeah, Tumblr say or something. Tumblr. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, if you never lie, you never have to remember anything and for me that was so powerful i was in an all-girls school at the time and you know there would just be little lies going around or gossip or whatever and you know you might say something to one person and then another thing to the other and i just stopped that i didn't i didn't involve myself anymore i told the truth to everyone didn't have to remember who i told one thing to or another thing to because I just don't lie, I, I actually can't keep track. Like I do not have the mental capacity to like keep track of who I'm telling what. Mm-hmm. So um, I think that's helped me, you know, be who I am because I'm not gonna apologize for it. Like I, I, and I'm not gonna pretend. Um, and I, I, you know, I learned that kind of lesson quite early on in life, but I, I think it it will work at any time. Like you can literally just be mm-hmm. yourself and not like like if you don't like a type of food, you don't have to say, "Oh, I like this food." You can be, like, "Oh, thank yeah. you so much. I will, ha- I will try it," <laughs> or something like that. You don't have to like be a dick and be like, "No, yeah. I don't want this." Um, but yeah, you can just be a lot stress, a lot less stress. Yeah. I think. Stress-free. Wow, that,
1: I feel like this is almost meant to be because that's actually something that. Obviously, I've heard that quote before. I, I, I'm familiar with it, but I think it was this past weekend or maybe the past couple of weeks that, like, that quote itself is reflective of something I recently went through. Right? I think um, mm-hmm. I went to a recent uh, therapy session. I was, I find, I wanted to, I've always wanted to try therapy, so I'm like, I finally
0: mm-hmm. had the
1: incentive. And just the the um, somebody kind of gave me some tips on how to approach it. And we were talking, mm-hmm. and one thing that he had mentioned was talking about like you know, relationships and, you know, uh, it can be Mm -hmm. boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. But one thing that he said about him and his wife, and he's been through a lot of shit too. And he was like, you know, no one knows me better than my wife. And I learned that because when I was kind of, I guess when he was younger, he was saying that, you know, you kind of want to be this person for somebody, right? But you also have the person that you are. And over time, if you want to be with that person, you're going to eventually it's going to grow apart that what, who you want to be and who you are. So he was like, when you, when you remove that shame, when you're able to really be that person that not who they think they are, but who you actually are, it actually helps you better because you're going to eventually reach a point where what they've thought of you and then what you aren't kind of conflict. And now you're like, Oh shit. Mm -hmm, You know? mm -hmm. So no, that, 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 that (laughs) that really, really resonates. Cause I think it's something that I, I learned recently that I'm like, wow. Like, that's true, you know, because sometimes I think, and I, I think it's interesting that you were able to kind of come to terms with that because you mentioned that you were the cultural ch- uh, chameleon, right? And I think sometimes that makes you want to please everybody. That makes you want everybody to be happy. Oh, So 100%. you might do a little lie here and there because you, you want everybody to be okay and smiley. So I think it's interesting that you kind of turn. I wanted I to like me. Exactly. I think we, we all do. No, I, I love that. And um, I don't remember if you mentioned, was it Lauren that had her own PR company as well?
0: Yeah, she she started her own PR company in oh my gosh, it's a few years. It's I can't even remember now. Maybe twenty thirteen. Mm-hmm. Oh, snap. Um, but yeah, she's been quite successful. Wow, she's
1: been she's been hot it. stepping for a minute. And I wanted to yeah. I, I wanted to ask because I know that you're kind of you have your own right. You have Marina Communications, but is that something that you kind of recently got into? Or you've been doing that for a while and launched your own thing.
0: Yeah, no, it's pretty recent. I started it to be honest, I officially started it at the at the top of 2021. So in January this year, Um, it's been interesting. Mm. (laughs) I never thought I would have my own PR company, because it's never something that I'd fully desired. Um, But I'm really enjoying it. Like, I have loved being able to work with independent artists, especially like Lee, like Tom Tide. Um, And be able to offer a service that I'm proud of as well um and like put my best efforts in and know that I've done my best job and not feel not feel like I mean I'm 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 perfectionist I'm like you could have always yeah. done better but um I feel like I've been able to perhaps do things for people that have impacted them positively as well and their careers positively. Mm. So um, that's been really good. I've learned a lot about finance, <laughs> <laughs> taxes, yeah.
1: you know, tax and yeah. all of that. <laughs> and uh, how um, did you actually launch it? though? Because I'm curious, I know you were working in PR maybe for another company, but um, is, is there like yeah. a, oh, I have to quit this job to do my own thing? Or are you able to kind of like, you know, still have them kind of separated or what's the maybe conflict of interest with that?
0: Yeah, so I, um, I was working with Apple for two years um, and I was doing the PR for Apple Music at the time in the UK and Europe and I was there as a contractor role. I was covering someone who was on maternity leave so I wasn't permanent. Um, but with that role, I did have a non-compete because of the nature of the work and obviously the music and yeah. and that kind of crossover. Um, and then when I finished that role, I contracted um, with another company. And this type of contract was part-time. And because of the type of contract, um, I had to have a second income as well. So it meant that I didn't have a non-compete and that I yeah. could do it. And I was like, hey. oh, I'm
1: going to do it. I really want to do it. I'm so. going to do it. <laughs> I <did>. I <laughs> yeah, it. I did. I did it. I love that. And I want to put myself in an uh, artist perspective. Although I will say, I don't know if you're thinking about this in the future, but I have noticed being in the podcasting space that PR for podcasting is – a niche space that you will thrive in it so is. just just think of that in the future and the uh, <laughs> contacting.
0: we actually have done pr for podcasts and i did it at apple oh, okay I did the podcast yeah, we, PR in the uk we will,
1: uh, we'll talk after this episode um so <laughs> <laughs> uh so i'm gonna pretend to be an artist and what i want to know i want to go through this process with you i love to know that i always love knowing the creative processes be, uh, for all of my guests if i'm an artist yes. first of all How do I even contact you? How do we start working together? What is that like?
0: Yeah, I have like an email that people can contact us on. So it's hello at Morena.uk. And that's on our Morena Instagram account. And it just, it helps me set boundaries so that people aren't coming into my inbox as well. And I can visit that, I check it every day and I can visit that inbox, but not have the stress of like, you know, replying immediately or anything like that. So that helps me have a boundary for like people emailing. Sometimes you get spam. Sometimes you get like someone that I do not <laughs> want to reply to. And that's really helpful that it's a different yeah. email. Um, But that is checked um, all the time. Um, And then I tend to, uh, I need to hear the music first. Um, And I will only work on stuff that I believe in. That's so important because it's my company. I, I mm, can do that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and before, you know, when you work for other companies, you can't say what you're going to work on and what you're not going to work on. You work on your projects and that's it. And with Morena, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to only work on stuff that I liked and stuff that I saw had potential. And um, So I always listened to the music. And then from there, I would do a call just to kind of understand the story. story is so important. You can't have a release without any background these days it's just not gonna fly like it it might be a great song but you need something else that will cut through because there's so many great songs so you need to have that personality you need to know what you stand for and that's really important another important question for me is heritage um you know for many reasons but I feel like you know like you get to know so much about a person from their Mm. heritage their cultural heritage and upbringing and i don't think this question is asked enough and i this is it's one of the most important questions for me and then if i want to take on a project i you know we'll have another chat and then if i take it on i'll then do like you know multiple calls like understand the what the artist wants more and more and um a pr questionnaire that i've developed as well if if it needs it um not everyone needs it because it's quite clear um, but some people need a bit more drawing out of themselves so then i have this tool as well to to get that um as well so that's the process no, i guess I it sounds yeah. long, but you have to be dedicated to your own PR as much as I'm exactly. going to be dedicated to it. Yeah, so, and
1: that's the thing too, because I was yeah. gonna. Well, I guess I have two two questions too. From that is, you know, one you mentioned the kind of if you're a PR uh, for somebody else's firm or agency, you might get a project that you have to work on, but you might not be fucking with the music. So does that actually happen? Have you? Has that yeah. Have it, Oh that's yeah, crazy
0: so many times that's, that's yeah. crazy.
1: that's that's in, um interesting and that brings me to my next question is like what do you think about um so I I think about it from like this like so in this current economy the creator economy uh everybody that's creating there's so much opportunity but there's also more competition right so everybody everybody's mm-hmm. feigning for a way to to go to the top and I feel mm-hmm. like you know obviously you really care about your art but I feel like there could be other companies or agencies that might um take advantage of somebody's want to be great and i'm curious how would somebody that's getting into this pr space how do you navigate that and make sure you're not working with anybody that just wants to take your money and just submit it to random you know campaigns or something yeah
0: it's really awful that this happens and there's so many stories that i've heard of this happening and even when i was working full-time in companies that i you know wasn't allowed to do PR on the outside I would still consult with people that needed the help and that had been like kind of swindled I guess because it just makes me so sad that like you know being an artist is not easy you're working and making the money so that you can release music and you're hope you're trusting other people to help you on the journey and it it oh it makes me so angry Mm. (laughs) um it's not fair it's not fair but I think some good questions to ask um are you know specific titles that people are pitching to I would ask for a full PR plan Mm. as well um you should be getting regular press updates when you're in cycle like I send weekly press updates when we have tracks and artists in cycle um you should be expecting like regular communication from your publicist um on updates when you're in cycle so when i say in cycle it means that you are in kind of release mode there's stuff Mm -hmm. happening if you're out of cycle it's not it's not going to be as full-on because there's not much happening you're not releasing music but opportunities might still come you might have an event invite Mm -hmm. or something like that but it wouldn't be you know it wouldn't be full-on like oh we need to be hitting the blogs Mm -hmm. or whatever And I think these are really good tips, I guess. And yeah, ask for like specific targets as well and express your wishes and your specific targets so that they have something to go off so that you need to say what success looks like to you realistically. But if you really wanna be in a certain publication, you can say, this is my goal. And then as a publicist, as long as it's, it's a reasonable goal, like, you know, if tom tide wanted to be the cover of vogue i'd have to say
1: you know <laughs> yeah, let's totally. have a chat
0: <laughs> because that's not realistic yeah. you know not even in 10 years yeah. time so but if if another female artist wanted to be the cover of vogue and it was you know within their aesthetic and different mm. things that that works and the story etc cetera, etc cetera, and you can see it happening that's realistic you know in a number of years but You know, I think some of Lee's goals were, you know, to be featured on ID and Clash and stuff like that. And you know, ID have playlisted him multiple times. Clash have posted about him, and these are stuff. These are things that, you know, I was I was going to do anyway. But it's great to know that that's what success looks like Mm -hmm. for him, so that I can make sure or do my very best to get him what success looks like in his eyes as well
1: and um you know i'm kind of curious too because i'm thinking about um you know artists that maybe want to come to publicists right but let's think about the artists that are kind of just doing that they've been doing that thing for a while on their own and they might not be either ready or wanting to pay pay for a publicist where do you think a lot of the influence or i guess what do you think is driving growth for most for most um musical artist now? Is it the TikTok? Is it blogs? Is it Instagram? Where do you think is the, the best place or best place to try to be?
0: Uh Playlist.
1: Just, just strictly playlist. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's definitely not press and it's definitely not things in isolation. Like PR will never be something that you will see a spike in streams because PR is something, you know, press is something that people visit and understand your story and get to know you but this can be at at so many different times. Whereas radio or TV, someone shazams you, whilst that's happening, you see the spike because that's at a moment in time. Press is like a culmination and brings all of these things together. So it will never be something that completely moves the needle. And I think sometimes people expect it. Oh, well, we were on enemy. We should have 10,000 streams. It doesn't work like that. I would say what moves the needle is playlisting, getting on those Spotify playlists, the, the top Apple Music playlists. Those are the ones that are going to gonna grow your listenership, basically. And
1: is there a way to, like, is there like a certain ways to do that? I know there's ways to submit, but like, you know, obviously there's a ton of people submitting. So how would somebody want to, if they want to stand out or, or get on a specific playlist that's so niche, like, how is that kind of work?
0: it's difficult you have to you have to go through the process um you know if you're signed to a label you have someone pitching on your behalf um like you know signed to a major if you i pitch to streaming services as a as a publicist is not my job but i do it because i see the yeah. value in it i've worked at apple it's, i know them yeah, yeah. so um yeah it's it's difficult, it's really difficult, but I found the best way as a publicist is I pitch to the playlist from the publications. And so many publications will have playlists on Spotify and Apple Music. And it's great just to get your track featured in them. So, you know, some of the UK playlists are like Mixmag, Unilad, NME, ID, The Independent, like all of these things. The line of best fit is really hot and Um, getting in these playlists is is great because these are all about music as well. These are people writing Mm -hmm. about music and I think that really helps. You can't really control if Spotify is going to open your track or if Apple Music is going to open your track. We all have to go through the same pitching process. So you can also pitch to the, the, the playlist owners that aren't the DSPs and I think maybe people aren't aren't recognizing that as mm-hmm.
1: much is the pub I, I feel like I guess it depends on the playlist but I know there's some people that like there's like private people that have their own playlist and they like they're kind of big I know um Lee's talking yeah. about Shrek you know I've, I've seen him on Twitter and he has like a whole mm-hmm, thing mm-hmm. uh but I've always wondered if like the ones that are run by a Spotify or Apple or Tidal are those people that are actually curating it, is that public information because I feel like that would be annoying to for people to know that you're that person right
0: yeah, it's. I mean, we need to protect, like, obviously their their DMs yeah. and you know their boundaries because, I uh, yeah, it's someone's identity, it's it's public information for sure. Like okay. there are um, playlist curators like out there. Some are not public, but it's not like they're not hidden away in a closet <laughs> somewhere and they yeah. have to like you
1: know wear a disguise Hack to Spotify's web servers. Um, <laughs> who is it (laughs) it? yeah okay
0: yeah it's yeah I mean I would really respect their boundaries and if you message them directly it's probably going to be more annoying than it is helpful to you Uh, more annoying for them than it is helpful for you because you there is a process and even if they did reply to you they say use the process it's not going to be like, oh my gosh, yes, you DM'd <laughs> me out of nowhere. I'm definitely going to be here. Yeah, I
1: love song. this song. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yeah. And, uh, speaking about respecting boundaries, are you the only one working on your communication company right now? Is it just you?
0: No, I have an amazing colleague called Emily who works with me okay. as well. And um, yeah, she joined me actually in January as well. So she's been working with me for 10 months. Um, and she she's come into PR quite fresh so it's nice to be able to share my skills and and do you know and and give what I've received as well uh in terms of learning about PR um yeah she she, like honestly she's so great so we get on really really well um which is super important to me as well as you know obviously the work is important Mm -hmm. but I think getting on with your your colleagues is, is I really agree. And I, and
1: I asked that because I wanted to know, like, do you ever sometimes just get tired of listening to music or being pitched or having to pitch? Is that something that uh, you deal with? And how do you if that is something, how do you actually deal with that?
0: Never get tired of listening to music, never have gotten tired of listening to music. Uh, well, I'm, I guess when I was poorly, like I didn't have the energy, mm-hmm. but I love discovering new music. I love it it's like it's my favorite thing i love sharing new music like i i'm appreciator of good music and i mean all music as well i'm one of those people that can just appreciate good music um and i i, I think that's good yeah <laughs> job yeah um i also know when when music is not good immediately
1: mm-hmm.
0: and i know when it can't even be improved like i i guess <laughs> i've like i just I, I have a bit of an A&R head for yeah. me not that I would ever want to do A&R but I you know sometimes you can hear potential on the track and you can say okay well if you do this if you speed it up or you know to change some elements like this could work sometimes there is no hope <laughs> from you there's just no hope <laughs> and it's terrible like, at least
1: you're real though it's better to let them know now <laughs> than to like, like I can't to listen to this <laughs> I can't. <laughs> no, I love that, but no, it's good that you love it though. Because I was gonna ask if like there's a way of like, uh or if you kind of spend. Because I'm assuming you have you know an actual life outside of what you're doing, but it seems like music is kind of your passion overall. Um, so that's that's yeah. good to have. And do you do what are your? Do you have any other hobbies or things that you like outside of the music and seam uh, seamstress? uh well, yeah,
0: the, the fashion and sewing is like a like a big thing for me. Um. I love, you know, I guess it's still music, but like playing and singing and writing and writing poems. Uh, Netflix is a huge part of my life.
1: <laughs> what are you watching now?
0: <laughs> I just finished. God Squid Damn Game. It. I
1: still haven't started it. I'm so mad oh because my gosh. it's one of those shows where like you have to watch it because you're gonna somebody's gonna ruin it for you, and I've been dodging spoilers left and it. right. Okay, so. <laughs> yeah i'll probably try it tonight okay Please. so it was worth it was worth Do the it. hype you think
0: Do it. oh i watched it in, like, i think yeah i could not get enough but like, i think my brother i told him about it he watched it in a day it was that good like he he wasn't
1: working okay. that day okay cool um no I'll, I'll check it out that's good too and uh was it yeah so you mentioned I, we didn't really get too much into the um uh seamstress stuff, but I, w- I was gonna ask you know you're running two companies now basically right uh you're learning a lot about finances taxes and everything i'm curious yeah. now that they're officially income-based what do you what are your goals for them like what do you want them to be now that they're not just your hobbies well yeah it's,
0: it's true it's true because you don't you don't need to monetize every hobby let me just put it out there but um I have I had a first iteration of a clothing company when I was 19 and I used to sell clothes on Etsy and hair accessories and stuff and this is always something I've wanted to do as well um unfortunately it's not as far far gone as as you know it's not as far down the line as it's making me (laughs) yeah (laughs) uh I still you know I'm working on the website and everything and, and it's you know the socials everything are on pause at the moment because it is overwhelming doing so much I was also just consulting for a company that you know 20 hours a week mm. that I, I'm leaving tomorrow and it's difficult because time time isn't like a, a commodity that um you know you can kind of escape like we all need sleep yeah. <laughs> we all need so like we all need necessities so I think the goal you know I obviously they're businesses but the goal has never been to be like multi-million or you know to make so much money that I'm drowning in it the goal is literally to have a good life to to kind of act on on good morals and, and good values um to be as inclusive as possible and to make a positive impact so I can't say you know obviously we have to make money yeah. <laughs> otherwise it wouldn't be to, a yeah. business and otherwise i couldn't yeah. do those things. Um, but that's not the ultimate goal i'm not looking for like 50% growth year on year or whatever you know th- whatever that business jargon is and i really hope you know this is recorded i really hope it doesn't yeah. change that doesn't change because i i don't want that to change i don't want i don't want business to ever take over my life my identity has never been ever been in my yeah. jobs and i never want it to be my identity is 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 in me or it's in christ like it's in it's not in these yeah. kind of labels exactly. at all
1: yeah that's 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 so, like you need you need income yeah. but you don't want it to be you don't want it to define you you know you don't want to be defined by dollar signs so i, I definitely relate to that no. and um i love all you've shared with us you know i think i really I like when somebody can be open. Obviously I know I'm not making you reveal everything about yourself, but I think what you've shared is enough to, (laughs) you know, get a hint of who you are and, you know, you've kind of already kind of documented your struggles and other things you've overcome. I want to know, is there one thing that you are willing to share that you're still kind of struggling with right now? And like, how are you trying to navigate it?
0: Hmm, I I think, you know, we all struggle with so many things. that's that's a very privileged thing to say you know from coming from a first world country as well so you know I don't want to diminish anything that I'm experiencing experiencing or anyone else is experiencing but we're also in in a very privileged position at the same time um I'd say I still struggle with uh like I guess energy at times or like you know kind of anxieties about getting sick mm. so you know for me like whenever I have a drink of alcohol I have to I have to be okay with my decision to drink that because alcohol is like an an immunosuppressant so it means that you can become more susceptible to picking up stuff and I have to con- like you know some people most people won't think <laughs> about no. all of this stuff when having <laughs> Not a drink. The average person, um but... And I, in my mind, I am thinking, okay, if I have this drink, what does that mean for the rest of the week? What does that mean? Does that mean that I might not be able to do something? Does that mean I could get sick? Or how am I feeling right now? Do I feel well enough to have this drink? Um, And these are just thought processes that that kind of happen. um, For me, it's the same with going to the gym. Like, if I overexhaust my body, it's not good. Mm. So, like something that someone's like oh yeah I can push myself I can get in a gym session I have to be really careful that thin line of like what is pushing myself to a healthy point and it's like a challenge and what's pushing me over the edge that's going to make me unwell and I've definitely gone over the edge a lot of times and so I guess you could call it a struggle with kind of you know those Mm -hmm. elements of like of life um, but it's not, you know, it's not comparable to what other people go through. But then again, I'm not going to mention it. no, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's you. It's, um, it's, 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 it's yeah. personalized.
1: And, and I ask because I think um, yeah. sometimes when we, because obviously the people that I interview, they've accomplished something or something that you want to hear about. You want to know how they did it. Uh, but I think sometimes when we see people in these elevated platforms or we see them always We see them how we see them right however they pursue themselves i think Mm -hmm. we sometimes forget that they are also struggling with things and i want to just always remind Mm -hmm. people that hey like you know she's been able to figure this out and cultivate her life this way but you ever think about like what it is on a day where she's tired or she goes to the gym and now she's like damn i don't want to do this much miles because i don't know how i'm going to feel after that um and i I think Mm -hmm. about it too because i think i used to want to always represent yourself myself in the best light and I think when, when you are struggling, mm-hmm. it's sometimes good to be able to tell, maybe not the whole world on a podcast, but uh, your, your your dear <laughs> friends that might just never know that yeah. you do that because it, it just helps to minimize this, like, this. I think we tend to idolize a lot of things and we don't really know what's the full 100% part of it. So uh, I really appreciate you sharing yeah. that. I know, like I said, it is a personal thing, but it, it's, it's good for everybody to kind of hear that sometimes, you know?
0: oh no definitely I think somehow I've gotten so many labels over the year the years because of what I've been through as well oh you're so brave you're such an inspiration you're all of these things I'm like stop putting these labels on me I'm just normal human like I don't need like it's almost like a pressure sometimes when when people say this to you and you're being viewed you feel like you're being viewed in a certain way that's kind of like you know this lovely perfect brave you know whatever person and it's it's not always like that and i yeah i really like that you're kind of i guess taking taking that away removing like the veil of that really because we are all human we are we do struggle with things we do you know we do have up days and down days and not everything is shared on social media i haven't actually shared anything on social media for a while um, and that's, that's been quite conscious mm. because I, I don't yeah. want to. <laughs> it's, it's okay to say <laughs> that. I'm not yeah, not being pressured into it. <laughs> it's yeah, okay to say I'm that. i not
1: gonna do it. Yeah. I think not posting on <laughs> <But> <laughs> uh, social media and not drinking are two of those things where it's like, people want to ask why. And you, it's like, we have to yeah. normalize it. I just don't want to, you know? So I don't no, want to. That's That's great. (laughs) And uh, before I let you go, I do want you to do one thing for me. I would love to know who is a creative pal of yours that you, uh, I guess you might have already hinted at it, but that you really, you know, are very interested in or love to hear more about. Who is somebody for you that uh, you just, you just really amazed by their creativity?
0: Oh, oh, there's so many people. Uh, yeah, some of your friends
1: are listening. <laughs> you got to choose carefully.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! No, I can't. Oh my gosh. Um, oh my gosh. There's so many people. Genuinely, that I, I'm just so fascinated by. Um, oh, that's such I'll, a hard I'll give question. You, three.
1: you can say three. Is that fair?
0: Okay. Um. Okay. So there is someone. Um. Oh, yeah, OK, I have to shout out this person because they just inspire me all the time. Um, they're a photographer, creative director. They worked on me with Morena as well. And honestly, every conversation I learned so much. Um, and her name's Alma Spadat. and she is just insane. She's just, yeah, she's really, really cool. Um. She also has her own podcast, actually. Okay, all right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, hers, is, um, hers is actually a South Asian podcast. So I don't know if it's in the middle. <laughs> oh, oh, damn. I'll just bring it on my instead. <laughs> yeah. It's called What Is This Behaviour? And I love that. And she came up with I the see. name. And I don't know if you've seen that viral video, like, of the Indian Big Brother, where the woman is like, you know you want it you're asking for I don't think it I've that seen that. and it's like what is this behavior okay oh you my gotta gosh. you gotta
1: send that it's you gotta like, send that
0: i was send okay. you the link. it's like it definitely went viral like in the uk and i think other places but it's it's kind of named after that moment and it's yeah she's just so smart and savvy and all of mm-hmm. that stuff um so yeah i'd love to hear her speak um yeah do you know what? That, that's okay the that's I want because i can't i literally
1: can't choose i try to keep that restriction because yeah. i think there's always a ton of people that inspire yeah. us
0: i'll say yeah I'll yeah keep And i know
1: you've probably uh inspired a ton of people uh just you know in the short hour i've had you and uh you know just for us to support oh, you and so. to you know keep you going what are what would you like somebody to do maybe follow you email you what are ways that we can support and reach out to you mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, definitely. So um, I'm my social handle is Rosanna Red, um, and the PR company is called Morana. Coms. So yeah, it'd be great if if people could follow and and support on there. Um, Feel free to email the email. I do check it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, just you know, comments messages are always lovely. Actually, Um, and yeah, if anyone kind of, I've also developed some tools for artists as well that want to take care of their own PR. Um, and yeah, I, you know, I really want to help people that have been swindled as well. I think it's. Oh, it makes me so. When you brought up the question, I, it still makes yeah. me angry. Like it, it's, it's. I can't. So yeah, if anyone's been in that situation, I'm here to help as well. Genuinely, like I will um do a call with you and send you some kind of resources as well love
1: that no thank you um thank you so much for coming on and uh, being a pal and um to anybody else listening always remember to stay creative peace Thank you guys for tuning in to that creative conversation, I hope it was able to inspire you. And if you'd like to continue getting inspired, there's actually three main ways you guys can do that. One, you guys can actually watch all the YouTube videos, uh, that's the full length episodes and also clips, just to get a little preview about what each episode might be about. Two, you guys can actually listen on all podcasting platforms, which is Apple Podcasts and Spotify, or wherever you happen to listen to podcasts. Please feel free to leave a rating or review. Just to help me out and also get the word of mouth out there. Three, you guys can actually subscribe to the Paul and Pals newsletter, which is basically a written summary of each episode in addition to my takeaway. So that I kind of give what the episode made me think about what I got from it. Link in the description and show notes. But without further ado, always remember to stay creative.